Welcome back to another episode of the Violet Radio Podcast. Today I'm joined by three of the amazing members of um, our team. And since this is the second semester of the school year 2022 to 2023, how about all of us here in this room right now introduce ourselves, our grade, and yeah. Hey. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia, I'm a freshman. Hi, I'm Caitlin, I'm in grade 10. Hi, I'm CJ. I'm a senior. And hello, I am Marnie. I'm in grade 11. And it's so nice that you are here to join us for today's episode. So now we're going to start with our episode prompt, which would be how have stories changed you, healed you, whether you've seen it from literature or online or witnessed or experienced it firsthand how have you been affected by the power of storytelling? I'm going to open this up to the floor. Hi, so I want to start with this book I read over the summer called Manila Noir. So the story is like, well, um, I got this book in the library because... I was in middle school last year and they allowed us to go to the high school library to find some summer reads. And I was just like, I was just strolling through the library without really a book I had in mind. And then I was in like the Filipino literature section Mm -hmm. and I saw the cover of this book. So to describe it, it's basically like this like kind of a poor area in the Philippines and it's just like this guy like looking over and like reflecting on his life and it has like a very dark filter on it mm-hmm. and once I saw the cover of the book like there was just this like magnetism that like pulled me towards it and I knew oh I'm gonna read this and that's really like how I got the book and Manila Noir is basically like a, a collection of short stories by renowned um, Filipino authors. And it's called Noir because it shows the darker side Ooh. of the Philippines. And for me, mm-hmm. I've always been interested in that topic. And there's also like in the middle, there's like a comic section, uh, like a very short comic section, which mixes the supernatural with like so supernatural horror with social issues and this book covers so many topics from like the war on drugs there's a chapter in the book called satan has already bought you which spells out shabu which is crystal meth and it talks about that and it's so like the range of topics in here immaculate and it also spans different places in metro manila so there's stories coming from tondo for example all the way to a place such as forbes park so it's range in setting stories and basically like the lessons you get from this book just for context right like tondo is one of the poorest areas yeah. right and then the forbes park is where a lot of the ism actually a lot of the ism population mm-hmm. live it's uh like the highest i think it's the highest um like most expensive most expensive 
yeah area so that's that's the context yeah and it's just so it just cuts through me you know because like i i've been aware of these issues like all my life before i went to ism and for me i feel like ever since starting to ism i've kind of disconnected from the real world mm. like every time like i'm in school it's just not real you know everything here is a dream i felt from that exactly <laughs> yeah. like when you spend money in the cantina that's not real money that's not actually real money you know so this book has like really grounded me and reopened my eyes to like the social issues here in this country and i you know okay <laughs> mm-hmm. i made a tiktok about this book and like it trended so i hope by sharing like this book and recommending it to other people other people can also read it and their lives could be changed for from that could you tell us a little bit about the tiktok <laughs> i made it like over the summer because i'm also like in this tiktok subsection called like book talk i basically it's just like a I just showed like pages of the book and I told them how like important it is to read this because it has like a compilation compilation of like social issues and it trended like it was my first ever TikTok video that I posted and got like like f- like 5000 in a day dang yeah whoa wait whoa okay I think for the most part right like being in ism we often forget like how much of a bubble we're in right if you i mean like if you go outside and uh if you're in the hs field for example right next to the hs field there's like the really poor areas so it's it's right next to us but oftentimes we don't see it so it's really important right that we acknowledge that yeah and we just came from eye care from last year i feel like um speaking about this experience especially that we are scholars here Uh in this episode right now and at least for the most part we personally i feel like i should feel more cultural connection to the people talked about let's say in manila noir more than i do with the students here in school given that really big gap in privilege Mm. um but i have been granted almost like the same privilege of the kids studying here and i feel like my personal culture has drastically changed and being the most evident um sign of that assimilation would probably be my language Mm. right Uh. right i take filipino but if i were to 
rewind time and go back to when I was in seventh grade in that public high school in Marikina, mm. my speech differences, so different. Like, even I was self-conscious that I was too much of an English speaker in that entirely Tagalog-speaking school. And I had to assimilate. And I was pretty proud of that because um, it is supposedly the national tongue, Tagalog, yeah. to be able to relate to my peers in that sense. And now that I've spent almost three full years here at ISM and the way that I speak has changed. It is important that you shared that story, Sophia, because we need to, even as scholars, we need to reconnect again yeah. with where we came from and where um, our culture matters the most in. I think it not only applies to like scholars, but of course, like the bigger ISM community, a lot of the Filipino community actually kind of feel like they're outed or they're not part or they're not connected to their like heritage culture. Mm -hmm. So this is I guess a sign that you can and you should, you know, be still be able to uh connect with your culture and like we're we're here to support all the way. I, I'm trying to think of an example of like someone Can I um yeah. can I ask your thoughts about sure. since it's we're on the topic already what are your thoughts on Filipiniana? Does it work in sharing Filipino culture here? I'd say it's a really good introduction to those who have probably never um, interacted with the more traditional um, culture of the Philippines. I would say it's a lot more colorful and I guess sensationalized. Mm -hmm. But that's in order to um, promote a happier spirit among the batch. Um, I do remember a vivid story of Mr. Kramer asking me about the difference between the types of sleeves in traditional Filipino attire. Why do the girls have the butterfly sleeves and the guys only get the barongs? Can guys also wear that butterfly sleeves? And I'm just like, yeah, obviously. And I feel like um, it's a way for people to be curious However, it's not the end-all, this is Philippines, the end. Yeah. Right, right, right. There's, there's more deep things to us than, of course, like what you see on the surface. Um, I think a part of that is our culture with, like, laughing and being silly. Yeah, the name, the, the word halakakan does mean like simultaneous loud <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I, I was uh, in the assembly actually, I was like laughing a lot, so that that was um, confirmed. But yeah, um, in terms of culture, you know, you can sometimes we feel alienated from it, and that's all right, you know, but. What's more important is that you still, you know, connect with people uh, who do feel like they are more immersed in the culture. So, for example, uh, you could, like, talk to your, you know, for example, your yayas in Tagalog more or something like that. Very simple things, right? But those are the things that, uh, I guess, you know, you're, you're sharing the language, which means you're making bridges and closing the gap, 
I guess, in some sort of way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, can I can I just like read like a summary sure. of Manila Noir because I really want people to read it. Okay, here's the pitch. Manila's a city of survivors, schemers, and dreamers. A city of extremes, where the rich live in posh enclaves guarded by men with guns, where the poor improvise homes out of wood, tin, and cardboard, and live by their wits, where five-star hotels and luxury malls selling Prada and Louis Vuitton coexist with toxic garbage dumps and sprawling informal settlers where religious zeal coexists with superstition, where hospitality might be another word for prostitution, where sports and show business can be the first step to politics, where politics can be synonymous with nepotism, cronyism, and corruption, where violence is nothing out of the ordinary, and pretty much anything can be had for a price, if you have the money and or the connections, that is. As you will see from this steamy collection of stories, all these delicious contradictions serve to enrich and expand our concept of noir. What you will also find are the noir essentials, aligned and desperate characters, tense dialogue, sudden violence, betrayals left and right. All the fabulous and fearless writers gathered here have a deep connection and abiding love for this crazy-making, intoxicating city. There's nothing like it in the world, and they know it. So yeah, please, please read the book, guys. If you're in ISM, go to the library. Check this book out. It's so amazing. All right. Thank you, Sophia. All right. Who wants? I, I think I can share next. Um, the example I thought of was in grade nine when I read Siddhartha Gautama. It, uh, it's an English honors book, I think. I don't know if they still have it, but it's it really changed how I thought of uh, of religion and my spirituality. Because the thing is, I I'm a Christian, right? I'm a Catholic, and I would I would say I'm pretty like devout. I go to church all the time, and in terms of like my lifestyle, mm-hmm. I'm a very Christian person. I pray every day, you know, read verses every day. It's a very important part of my life. And so when I got introduced to Siddhartha Gautama about the, the guy of the same name and like his philosophy and the philosophy in Buddhism and like uh, Hinduism as well, learning more about the idea of uh, suffering and like accepting suffering and all, all that kind of stuff, it kind of really, it really changed me in what way i would say like before that i was very of of course if you're part of a religion you're kind of indoctrinated into that it's the it's the thing you're supposed to believe right Amen. <laughs> but then i i was like okay what is taught in that book resonated with me so much because like it 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 teaches you about you know like uh how life is a cycle and it's not just like a linear a linear process but it's a very western uh, viewpoint to see yeah. a story as a linear thing right but then you have this eastern perspective that shows you that life is actually a circle and we're all just going through the hero's journey but again and again and again and stuff like uh restraint 
actually. Restraint is one of the values that I learned there as well because, you know, in our world right now, we're pretty much taught, okay, go get go get it, you know, go yeah. go after your dreams. Mm-hmm. You what you feel is what you feel. And yes, that is true. However, there is a point where we start feeling all these feelings and we start dreaming all these dreams that we are tense and anxious because we keep like reaching for stuff that is still far away. And so what Buddhism teaches you is that you know that that's always going to be a thing. However, you know, you uh it's all right if those feeling it's all right if those feelings are present however you must not let them control you or you must not give in to your like temptation so much it's like being at peace with yourself and knowing yourself more and accepting the your desires and emotions without having to be too attached to them right and so when i uh like read this book and resonated with it, I kind of was like, oh no, I believe what's taught here, you know, what's taught in the Buddhist uh, religion. Am I still a Christian, you know? Am I going against (laughs) what I've believed all my life? And I had that kind of episode for a few weeks. So I was like, okay, uh, this, this religion, it's part of literature. And so my religion is also kind of just a fictional thing. And to some degree. So I was like, okay, for a while, don't pray and don't like talk to God. Don't follow your religion. I thought that would bring me, um, I thought that would bring me peace because it was like, okay, like you believe this thing, Buddhism. So you must not believe in Christianity. But Mm -hmm. when I started thinking that, I became purposeless and like, Mm -hmm. like, without praying and without going to church and stuff like that, I felt, I still felt like empty. And so I had this dilemma. I believe in Buddhist teaching, mm-hmm. but I love my religion and it's how I associate and it's how I function. It's how I associate um, good feelings and good thoughts with like the whole order of the world. Is I have this peace because I have a god to pray to and so uh i had that revelation that you know just because i believe in the teachings of this one religion doesn't mean it denounces the teachings of my original religion in fact sometimes it might even reinforce what is taught in christianity like Mm -hmm. stuff like peace you know and altruism stuff like that it works together. It doesn't yeah. contradict. So why, why have it separate? Why, ha- why do you have to not believe in those teachings? Maybe you don't have to subscribe to that religion. Maybe you don't have to be ultra loyal to like, you know, uh, Hindu gods or whatever. But, you know, still take it into account and apply what you learned in that religion yeah. to your practices as a Christian. And so... It, it really changed how I viewed um, my religion and it also made me respect and understand like agnostic people more. That is something that I like struggled a lot with is people 
not having the same beliefs that I did because they had trauma with Christianity, which I didn't experience. And that pained me. And so reading the book, it's like, and opened my eyes to, oh, there are other ways that people can find their peace. There are other ways people can find love. And I think that's what's most important because if people can find love and peace in other ways, then aren't they already following what I was taught in like or what Jesus mm-hmm. teaches, which is love and peace, mm-hmm. right? So if it if they come to the same conclusion, then it's all all right, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think, like, your story is kind of, like, a really strong example of the phrase, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. And I think what you mm-hmm. say is something that, like, a lot of people experience when it comes to their religious beliefs like they think they can only like follow this one religion and some people like take it to the extreme where they think like the religion is so right that the teachings of another religion must be like so wrong when in fact like you said cj a lot of like religions have like an overarching theme of like peace and love right it's just it's expressed in like different different ways ways. yeah Yeah. so it's kind of like mind-boggling to think that these religions are advocating for peace and love but since like the followers take it to the extreme sometimes that's what causes wars throughout history wars wars have happened because of religion and it's kind of like even now, people, when they have certain religions, they get discriminated by it, you know? So I think we need to really get at the core of, like, religion again. And remember, it's about peace and love, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As an agnostic person, Siddhartha has also been a really friendly guide to, um, I guess taking into account the beliefs and practices of other religions. At least at the time when I was reading it, maybe in ninth grade, I didn't necessarily label myself as an agnostic, but I was a person who didn't subscribe to Catholicism, which I was indoctrinated to by birth, um, as strongly as I used to. And um, I think that the book definitely helped me change my perception of, I guess, enlightenment and um, the concept of, I guess, philosophy before I even put a label on it, Um, ways to live life and understand it and to celebrate it were things that Siddhartha taught me um, as well as my own religion too. And I feel like a lot of teachings come from a lot of different places. And like with what Sophia said, with take what resonates, leave what doesn't, what resonated most with me would be the advocacy for kindness, right? And um, I feel like with that, I was able to, I guess, find a sort of, guideline to how I would want to live my life and it's not to I guess subscribe to a singular religion 
but it's to find a lot of ways to be kind to others and to myself and to find meaning in a lot of different things as well as taking care of myself and yeah i guess that's how i celebrate being an agnostic through the story of different filipinos that narrate different aspects areas of the philippines and then through cj's deep connection with her religion and how ism's english department required to read siddhartha and how it has changed her perspective on how she views how she subscribes to religion or maybe it's not even about subscribing to religion but it is to with what sophia said take what resonates and what does and leave what doesn't so that would conclude our first um part of this series of how stories have changed you come back for the next few episodes where i would share my story caitlin here would share her story and you might even hear from phoebe and david who aren't here for this recording but they will be for the future ones thank you for listening to the firelit podcast and we hope to see you more in our next episodes here for the second semester and so on bye Thank you.